Welcome to another episode of The Light Shed, featuring your boy Syringe and Bam's Money Malone. What's good? What up? Not a damn thing. Hang on, I gotta crack my podcast beer. Podcast beer. Podcast beer. So another podcast. uh, This episode is not brought to you by Miller High Life, which is what I'm drinking right now. But if Miller (laughs) High Life would like to sponsor our show, feel free to reach out. Hell yeah. I love you guys. You guys are the best. Yeah, we love you guys. You guys are the best. Today we're doing our special NPR episode. Don't listen to him, he's just an ass. <laughs> On today's episode, we're going to be talking to a really cool folk band from the mountains of Kanapuchi. Right? That's how they do it. Like today, today, our guest is a fantastic musician that works with synthesizers that his great-grandfather gave to him on a crazy <laughs> Christmas morning. We just lost all of all our listeners. Yeah, sorry guys. Uh, welcome to the NPR <laughs> episode. Nah, but uh, yes. So um, yeah, we're back. Um, just needed a moment to kind of settle in. It's been a minute since uh we did an episode, which is just fine. I hope you heard our last episode with our good friend Tom Ryan, which uh, I spoke to today, by the way, and we're gonna follow up uh with Tom hopefully sooner than later about the new film we're going to be working on specifically uh this film called the robot and uh yeah tom will be back shortly uh to uh, discuss a few more things that are pretty dope oh yeah tom's a good dude yeah tom's awesome uh we love you tom but um my side dude bam's just met you i don't expect him to (laughs) he likes you a lot (laughs) ah man anyway so um current news not to uh but i have to bring it up you know i i was lucky to survive uh covid uh unfortunately i had to deal with it and it was whack but um I've heard of people that are less fortunate, so I'm grateful to be able to be free from it. So uh, I wish I had the little clap button. I would hit that button right now. Here, here. We do have the clap button. Uh, yeah. Is it set up? Let's see. You got to turn the volume up on the thing. On the thing. The blue here. one. Blue Let's one. See, blue one over here. Blue one. I got to arm it too, right? Yeah, I believe so. Um, I think it's... Uh, let's see. Sorry, sorry about that. Sorry about that, guys. I'm probably going to have to cut that out. This is the NPR episode. Of, but yeah, I survived COVID. <laughs> and that concludes that uh, special effects, which probably didn't even record, by the way, but because uh, I didn't arm. So, yeah. Uh, oh, that's maybe that's thing. why it wasn't. I don't think yeah, I can you can't. It. You're not going to be that once we're in a play. Yeah, you can't arm, arm it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, luckily, you've been spared. Then that was the issue we were having the last time when you were trying to use the sound effects. We never armed that thing. Mm. Ah, yeah, man, I was about to just figure out one of our biggest issues. Uh, yeah, so we're idiots. We <laughs> <try to, laughs> Damn, it happens. It happens uh, but yeah, uh, also, um, I'd like to thank um, all the people that have been showing me love and support on the Christian Santiago photography page on YouTube. Um, yeah, you guys are all awesome and. I'm going to start talking to you guys because eventually we're going to be circling back with uh, this project that I'm currently uh, working on. So we'll be discussing that. I don't want to give away too much, but it's definitely uh, something that's going to be coming through uh, the light shed. Word up. And uh, so what's up, yo? Well, oh, we were talking about um, 
Remember when I saved it for the show? It was it was camera related. It was camera related. What were we talking about? You were mentioning doing. Oh, I got it. <clears throat> I remember. Good. So, I was talking to Bams earlier, and we were discussing basically how uh, camera companies have been putting out all sorts of different models of cameras, yep. like so quickly. And um, um, being that I work at a place where people buy cameras, um, it's crazy how many people are currently like either annoyed with the industry or uh, just don't know what to do as far as like purchasing a camera body goes. And BAMS and I were discussing how many people constantly upgrade their cameras um, and never think to purchase lenses. That No, they, they call that. It doesn't act. Was it uh, gas? That's what a lot of people, it's called gear acquisition syndrome. <laughs> really? That's what I've, I heard that from a few photographers. That's what huh. they call that. They call it gas. It's dudes who they need when something new comes out, they need to get it right away. Oh, but you're right though. People aren't not. In, I always tell people when again, the thing I was like, always invest in glass glasses. Cause glass is going to glass is going to hold value. Bodies aren't. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, <clears throat> this is, this is really true. I mean, if I will throw it out there also being that I deal with a bunch of people in their camera gear, it amazes me how many people buy expensive camera gear mm -hmm. and when they bring it to the store, it looks like they let their dog play with it. Like this thing is the, the you know, the, the, the signage is all scratched off. The thumbs are all. I'm not going to lie, dude. My 5D Mark III looks like it's been through fucking war, but I, yeah, but, I mean, but, that thing's a workhorse. Though. But how like, long have you had that camera? seven years eight seven, years now seven eight years right yeah and you use it all the time yeah dude that's my that's my daily but you're shooting it right of course some of these dudes that come into our store they really don't i don't know they don't really produce work um and when they try to trade in their gear for value even if they're just selling it because it's like yo i never really got into and then they get shit. mad and they get pissed off. Oh no! Off. I, 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 I sat inside. Uh, I sat inside the um, uh, where they where they do the stuff over at uh, in uh, in the city, mm -hmm. and um, the guy he starts looking at all the cameras pieces, and they give you reasonable offers. The guy's like, "I'll give you this," yeah. and I saw the guy got mad. Like he was getting real irate. Yeah. He's like, "What do you want me to do?" He goes, "This thing is beat to hell." Yeah. And he goes, "I'm not going to be able to make any money off of this thing." He goes, right. "He goes, we'll be able to make maybe a couple dollars if that." Yeah. He goes, "But I'm not making any money off of this." But well, <clears throat> just so we don't lose track of the point I was trying to make, but I hear what you're saying, um, is uh, like you were talking about um, lenses hold the value longer. Yep. But if you buy a fucking lens and you don't take care of the thing, oh, that's you're true. not getting nothing for it. You yeah. know what I mean? Or, or you might as well just sell it to someone you know or something. Yeah. But um, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, if you bought a camera, right, and you didn't explore lenses with it. I just feel like you're cutting yourself short or, or you're just not even giving that camera a chance, right? Mm -hmm. So like you buy a camera and the next one comes out has more low light capability. Oh, I need to get that one. It's like you barely shot the one you have, <laughs> bro. Like it's current, you know, it's a current camera. Like, but the new one came out. Should I get the A7R4 over this? Should I buy the R6 over the R5? They're just, and I get it, you know, um, 
Point being is, is once you decide which one you're going to buy, I'm going with the R6, right? I feel like you should at least hold on to that camera long enough to try the the options of lenses mm-hmm. and, and what suits your work best and ride that camera out for a little bit, you know, yeah. and, and, and do some work with it. Most of the time I go out shoot straight now, I'm shooting with FD glass on the 5 Yeah, no, and I've been noticing that, and that's, that's <clears> dope. But, again, like, you still shooting a 5D Mark III. Mm-hmm. You fucking explored all sorts of shit with no, that yeah, camera, man. Use right? It, use it for fucking everything. flash photography, all different types of lenses, street shooting, product photography. Like, you've used the camera and different lenses that suit your work. And you know that now. So going forward, now you're considering upgrading to an R5. Yep. You kind of know already the lenses you want. Yeah. Because it's going to be the lenses you mostly work with, right? Exactly. And uh, so that's all I'm trying to get at is it's like... At least try to get your finger on your photography and not just be like, well, I just bought this camera. It's like, yo, bro, you had 300 shots on that previous camera. You barely ever <laughs> shot with it. So it's like now you want to trade it in because this one came out. And when the next one comes out and you're just constantly upgrading your body. And if you ain't sitting on, on, a, on a ton of money, what happens is is like you get stuck with one or two lenses for yep. the longest period of time. Or you don't got any money to rent stuff, whatever it is. And I'm only speaking really to younger people that don't have their finger on what they want like yo not for nothing i say this all the time if you handed me any camera with a 35 millimeter on it and was like this is what you're shooting and that's the last camera on earth it, you know i'm cool with a 5d mark three with a 35 fucking hey give me that shit yeah, hell yeah. any one of those cameras as long as i have that focal length i'm kind of chill you know i'll deal with you know shooting the camera whatever way i need to like people are always like fuji cameras have slow auto focusing that's not going to keep me from shooting it. You know what I mean? Like, realistically, all right, so then I'll focus manually if I need to. or Whatever it is, I'll figure it out. I think it's, people forget that they can actually manually focus a camera. That's true, too. <laughs> but I just feel like a lot of people don't um don't give a camera a chance, man. And it's like, until you have the camera, f- put it like this. This happened, true story. I had just bought my X100F. At the time, a girl that I worked with had her her X100. Uh, I don't think it was the F, though. It might have been like a T or something like that. Previous model, maybe. But I picked, they're technically the same camera. And when I turned her camera on and I was hitting function buttons and shit like that, I was just like, yo, what is all of this? And she's like, well, it's customized for my use. And she grabbed it. And she's just like, literally, she was playing a video game with that thing. Because she was just rocking it. But what's interesting about it is, is she had that camera literally set up to how she functions, man. Like, it was it was dope. And when she showed me, like, how she navigated through it, I was like, that's kind of inspiring. Creative modes. So, like, I have creative modes on my Fuji that are not the film simulations, you know what I mean? They're like, they've been altered to look more like, I don't know, if I wanted to shoot color, for example, like I'm going to shoot this, it's going to look more like Portrait 400. Yeah. You know what I mean? Things like that. So, until you get a camera, right, and, and use it, right? So when I first bought the X100F, I knew that I liked it, but it felt foreign to me as far as like how the dials and everything worked, right? It took me a while to actually be like, all right, well, I could change this button to my ISO, stop using this part, or blah, 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 right? So 
now when I pick that camera up, I know what it lacks in, but I know how to use that motherfucker. Like I'm comfortable using that camera. So yeah. I would say that's why it's been so hard for me to upgrade to an X100V. No word. Hell yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just like, do I really need it? Word. And then flip side, uh, is, uh, whatchamacallit, um, did somebody just walk in here? I think so. Hello. Somebody here? Oh. Oh. So, um, my bad people. Um, whatever. Point is, uh, we, um, I lost my train of thought. Jesus Christ. I just saw a head pop out. I'm like, who the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, we were distracted by some people walking into our, our studio. But, uh, anyway. Point being is, um, I made I gave that camera a chance and I u I used it as much as I could. I'm still using it, right? Word. So <clears throat> I'm not sure if I, I keep bumping into the wall of the V thing. I told you what I want to do today is I yeah. want to trade in a few cameras and get an X E four, which would give me an interchangeable and then the X one hundred V as my main street camera. But uh yeah. That was what I was trying to pretty much point out that uh you should definitely embrace what you own as far as a camera goes, especially if it's something that's current. If it came out a year, two years ago, it's still a relevant camera. Even cameras that came out eight years ago are still relevant. Nah, for sure. For sure. I mean, there's there's all levels of this, right? Yeah. So there's so many different ways you could take to get more for what you're paying for. Um, like I was mentioning to Manny about sometimes you could buy things used and if you get two years worth of work out of it on a 5d mark three used in good condition with like a lens or two or whatever right and you got that for like a g or whatever you know just throwing numbers out there at least you have something that you can learn on and familiarize yourself with shooting if you're, if you're not you know necessarily an everyday shooter right and then you can put your finger on what it is you want to buy. Word. You know, if you decide, yo, I love doing fisheye music videos, then maybe you should get a fisheye. You know what I mean? I do, I'd say the one thing I want to use that I have not used yet is a tilt shift lens. Tilt shifts are dope. Yeah. I haven't, I really, I want to, I want to play with that. Yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't actually played with one yet. And that's what I want to do. I want to get, I want to at least test out a tilt shift lens because I think I might have a lot of fun doing using that for stuff. Yo, dude, it's, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's pretty interesting to say the least it's no yeah down. um and from the window too exactly that's yeah, why it <laughs> look crazy uh yeah that would look insane you yeah don't worry about what he's talking about the window okay yeah don't worry about the window <laughs> um what else uh can we uh discuss in this particular um, episode? well yeah like uh, well just bring it back around it uh yeah invest in you you should invest in your glass Invest in learning your camera to, as much as possible before you branch off into something else because you saw a review or somebody who actually gets this stuff, you know, to borrow for a couple of days to play with. Just, just you know, play with what you have. Learn it. Master it's, it. Yeah. I'm, and like I said, this, this is applying to, to <clears throat> like almost like beginners. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you one story. There was, there was this one kid that walked into our shop and uh, he said... I want to, at the time it was the EOS R 
And he came in and he was just set on this camera. And I'm like, well, what do you want to do? He's like, oh, I like taking pictures of cars. I'm like, dope. So he buys the EOSR with the 24 to 105 F4, I think it was, the USM joint. Um, like a week later, comes in and buys like the 50 millimeter 1.2. Like in the following week, he's... So finally, I asked this kid, and I, you know, every time he walked in, I'm pretty observant. He was wearing like Yeezys, gold chain, dope watch. <laughs> I started being like, maybe this kid just has bread, you know? So I'm like, yo, so what's the deal with you, a drug dealer? Mind you, he, 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 like he was pushing like a Mercedes, too, like the, a Jeep. And um, so I'm like, yo, so joking around, I'm like, what are you, a drug dealer or some shit? And he's like, no, 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 you know, he's like, my parents are, you know, they do really well. He was a nice kid. I couldn't be, you know, he was not, he wasn't a dick. He wasn't a show off or nothing. He just broke it down and was like, no, you know, my parents are really well off. Uh, my dad owns like a landscaping company or some shit. And uh, he goes, you know, we have really nice cars and, you know, my, we live in a really nice house. We're really fortunate. So he's like, you know, I got all these credit cards and, you know, money st saved <laughs> and all this stuff. I don't like this kid already. And, uh, nah, he was a nice kid, man. He basically, he was like, yo, I'm fortunate enough to be able to do shit like yeah, this. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, my parents are cool with it. Like, yeah. That's what they work for. And I couldn't knock the kid. So what the fuck am I hearing? Outside Really? That's yeah. wild But um Yeah So um He just bought like Mad shit Yeah And it, it, I'm not sure if, uh Canon makes It's like an 11 to 22 or some shit like that I right? think they do yeah Some weird lens Like to go really Oh shit It's like a really bulb Yeah yeah like, It has lens. that giant Like fish eye A front element on it Yeah yeah, yeah. So Basically um He bought that lens And couple other things and like yo like a month or two goes by and he walks in and he's like what camera do you shoot and i'm like uh, at the time i had just bought the a7 III, i believe and i was like yo I got, i'm shooting an a7 III. and he goes should i buy that <laughs> and i was like why and he was like no you know i've, I've been seeing other people's work and i see your work and i'm like yeah no doubt but um you just bought mad glass, bro. Like, this is where I started getting annoyed with him. And then I'm like, so what do you like to shoot? He's like, I like shooting cars, hanging out with my friends, same shit. And I'm like, yo, you just bought mad lenses. You could be doing all sorts of crazy work right now. You bought an 11 to 22, right? You shoot cars. You could be rocking some ill-ass interior shots. You could be doing so many engine shots, like, but within like, I don't know, I, I don't want to throw the exact numbers, but let's just say three months later, he comes back in the store and he's trying to resell the lenses back to us. And I'm like, yo, just throw it on eBay. Put it on like, you know, get your money's worth. Like, what do you mean you're going to bring it here? You're going to take a hit. It's like driving a car <laughs> off the fucking lot. You know and then bringing it back the next day. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you, you're crazy. So, uh, but you know, I kind of crashed my, my dad's truck. And uh, I just, I don't want him to pay for it. Like, I want to pay for him to be an adult. And I'm like, yeah, no doubt. I said, if you if you bought the lenses with your dad's money and now you crashed his car, <laughs> I'm like, you should at least try to get all the money you can back. Like, that would be being responsible. 
you know, you told me you got scratched. So in my head, I'm like, you could just pay with what you got and sell your shit, be a little patient, get the most amount of money for your lens. Let's just say at least 65% of what you invested into it. Yeah. But you're willing to come into a place like ours and lose like 50% of your of your investment that you just made three months before <laughs> and he still did it he was 11 to 22 at 70 to 200 i think 24 to um the 105 because he had bought that's what it was he walks in like a week or two later and i was like i'm he got the 24 to 105 uh he told me he wanted to buy the lenses so before he did it i said yo why don't you just instead of buying the the kit just get the camera and buy the the lens later uh, the 24 to 70 to 8. He's like, nah, because right now I only, I only, I can only do this amount of money and, and I want to have a lens. And I'm like, well, how long before you be able to buy the other one? He goes, I don't know, three, four weeks. I said, yeah, I guess that makes sense if you want to do that. But if you know you want to get the 24 to 70, why don't you just not buy it right now? Wait four weeks and come back, buy the camera exactly. with the lens. But nah, he's just so anxious. Like, nah, I'm going to get it. And then you buy the 24 to 70. But it's a 2 8. All right, cool. So he winds up selling that thing back to and keeping the 24 to 70, which is a smart move. But uh, I just remember being like, what a fucking dingbag, man. <laughs> I felt bad for him. I'm just like, you just. You, and, and the whole time, I, like, I, I tell people all the time, you know, I'll, I'll give you what you want, but I don't necessarily feel comfortable just being like all right you want to just spend 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 and technically that's fucked up on me because that's that's technically my job is to do that if you want to make stupid moves on your and just burn your bread because you're a dumbass and you didn't do your freaking research then technically i should do that too no, of course right? yeah but i'm not gonna lie i'm not good at that so a lot of times i just tell people like all right cool i'll sell you whatever you want but if you ask me for my recommendation I'd be like, yo, just pump the brakes a little bit, buy the camera, get a lens, familiarize yourself with the lens. When you realize its uh, capabilities and you find out where you hit a wall with that focal length or aperture or whatever, then you can make an educated decision based on what you have to say, well, I, I want to start shooting more portraits. So I, maybe I should invest into a 50 or 85, right? Word. Or I need something wider, maybe get, uh, I don't know, 16 to 35, whatever it is. I like shooting birds or whatever, you know. Maybe get a Tamron 150 no, to 600. I, and I can see where, where, he's, where he's coming from. I mean, he had the bread to do it. I mean, uh, I, heard, I actually had a good story yesterday. <clears throat> Somebody who shoots street mm -hmm. and they have a little T2i and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And they were telling me that they, were, they went on a... Um, they went on like a, you know, where like a whole meet and greet where a bunch of people went out to the city to shoot street. Uh -huh. And it was her and a bunch of other people. And there, she said there was no lady there who had like the same exact camera. Mm -hmm. But everybody else had like fucking monster gear. Uh -huh. Like some of these dudes are walking around with gets old freaking tripods and shit she's telling me. And she goes, one lady came up to her and she goes, oh, you guys came light today. Huh. Dude, why you gotta be disrespectful? I like, what? I guarantee, and I, I tell like I guarantee the person that came light is gonna get way better shots than the person that rolled up with. Well, yeah, it's funny you say that shit. I, I, I was telling my wife, it's <clears throat> funny how, and I'm not saying that the guy with the backpack with all the shit hanging all over the place doesn't know what he's doing, right? Because that's not true either. It's not, but in most cases, yeah, I will say that I've seen people <clears throat> that 
throughout my life, I'm not going to say I underestimated, but when I was younger, I'd be like, uh, you know, depending on what you were shooting on, I would kind of assume that you were just like a hobbyist or, you know, blah, 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 right? But as I got older, what I noticed is like, you might see like a dude when I was younger shooting like a contact, right? With like, um, what's the T2s and T3s, Mm -hmm. I believe they're called. And be like, uh, you know, that's just a dude on vacation or something. But in reality, sometimes those motherfuckers are like, Killer. what the fuck, right? And, and it's just, what I realize is almost similar to what you were saying. That's why I said it. Because, like, I notice, like, sometimes people that show up with less are out there being way more creative with something that's limited as fuck. Exactly. And uh, just crushing shit. And it could be because they're not burdened by all the shit that they have. Like you get, yeah, you, you get, yeah. you're like, oh shit, I could use this and I could do that with this. And I, uh-huh. if you just roll up with a camera with the basic setting and say, all right, I already know what I'm doing. This yeah. is what I'm shooting. Yeah. Done. That's it. Yeah. You don't right. need to think about it. Oh, that's facts. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, man, it's freaking, uh, it's pretty uh, interesting to just see how uh, people approach photography. No word. Hell yeah. Because, I mean, yo, as a photographer, right, I mean, I like shooting. I like to shoot everything, right? Realistic, Realistically, you're like, yo, I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to whip up some scrambled eggs. I could probably shoot that dope. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, or at least at least get creative with shooting it, right? Be like, hold yeah. up, we're going to crack that egg. I'm going to move the camera, boom, splash, <laughs> slow motion, shit like that, right? You start thinking in, in, that, in that way. But uh, I know what I can't be without. And it's it's pretty simple for me, yo. And that's the one thing that I will say. That's why I said it's, it's sometimes it's good to just just discover what it is uh, you like when you're doing certain things. You I know? agree. Like if you tell me we're gonna shoot people like portraits, I'm more than likely going to use a 24 to 70. I might use a 50 millimeter. And 35 goes out the window right then and there. The minute you're like, yo, we're going to be shooting in the studio. No, All right, yeah. cool. I'm going to want a 50 right then and there. <clears throat> it just my brain just instantly knows that's what I want to start with. Yeah. And a 35 is usually not even part of that situation in any way. But then if you say, yo, let's just go walk around and shoot, or we're going on vacation, we're going to be going out to dinner tonight, whatever it is, it's going to be a 35. You know what I mean? instant like i'm cool just give me that and i'm out the door i don't need to carry a backpack i don't need to do shit but just get creative and since my brain nowadays sees like i tell people in terms of a 35 millimeter over all the focal lengths i know i'm just chilling because i could just instantly see my photos happening right in front of me before i even do this right so you know what i tell young photographers starting up or just starting, um, trying to buy gear and looking all confused. Because it's crazy when you hear somebody come in the store and you're like, the things they, you could already tell it hurts that they, they have to buy all the stuff or the reality of how expensive some of it is. Um, it is an expensive hobby. Yeah. I mean, yo, any person <clears throat> that walks in the store for the first time, right? And uh, they're like, yo, I'm, I'm trying to get into photography, blah, blah, blah. That conversation is sensitive as hell because uh, what you don't want to do is you don't want to insult nobody by saying, well, that camera's 1500 bucks. Yeah. Right? 
Because they might be like, yeah, fuck you. Let me get eight of the motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you also don't want to discourage someone right away and being like, well, you know, how much did you think you come in spending after after saying some shit like that? Yeah. So now what I do when somebody walks in is I just nip it right in the bud. And the first thing I say to them is like, well, what did you realistically want to spend on it? Because you might say some ridiculous number. And be like, well, I don't know, four thousand. And right then and there, I'm like, four thousand dollars. Like, you don't need to spend that much. No. But now I know a range of where I could show you stuff, right? Yeah. I'll sh- like I always tell people, I'll sell you whatever you want. But where you at right now? Like, maybe you should start here. You know, uh, most of, most of the time that falls like I was telling Manny, five hundred or so dollars and up, right? Yeah. So if you're like, well, I don't know anything about photography and I don't know what I want to do with my camera just get a kit lens and what I tell people is you take that kit lens and you pretend that that kit lens doesn't come off that shit is stuck on there it's not interchangeable that shit has to be on there and then you put that sucker on manual and you start shooting manual or out the gate you know and that way you know the limits of an 18 to 55. You know about 3.5 to 5.6 on that lens. And you know you're learning ISO, white balance, aperture, shutter, blah, blah, blah. And once you master that and you're comfortable moving with the camera, even if you're using your semi-auto modes, I use aperture priority all the time, exposure, compensation, all of that shit. You know, shutter uh, um, compensation as well. Um I'm sorry, priority. Um, anyway, point being is, is uh, once you learn those things, you learned it. And that was the point of you making that smaller investment up front. And while you did all of that and you shot that camera, now you at least know how to use your camera. And now you either have some questions for a teacher or whatever, right? Or YouTube and now you're already like, well, I love shooting people. I learned that I like to shoot landscapes. I've been doing all these different things. <clears throat> I really love macro. I want to do macro. I love shooting things up close. Now you got your your beginner camera is now either going to be a really nice paperweight or something that you're ready to trade in or hand off to another family member. And now you're like, I know what I want. I want to shoot bugs professionally. Word up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, and that's yeah, all, I agree, man. And right then and there, it's just like, all right, well, <clears throat> you made that initial investment that showed you whether or not you love doing this shit. You showed you how serious you want to get and with it. And now you found what you want to do. Yeah, and now you finally put your finger on it. You know, it's just crazy. Like, yo, I love doing night photography. Yeah. Uh, or I like shooting fucking the stars, whatever it is. But now you know what you're going after. So now it's an easier conversation and it's a more realistic approach to buying the things that you need because this shit is expensive. Yep. It's expensive. Yo, people come in the store and say, I want to buy this camera, this body. I need the gimbal for the video. I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. They just go, I need the fucking shotgun microphone. I need blase, blase, blah. I'm doing music videos, whatever it is. And they don't know nothing. I, my, my, my whole approach is pump your brakes, bro. Calm down. Think about what you're saying. Every, you just basically said, I want to do videos. 
you just completely took it completely away from photos. Well, do you like to shoot photos? Nah, I want to use this thing to shoot video. Whole other conversation right then and there. So it's like, and you, a lot of times you learn, and I've learned, not the hard way to experience having a drone, having a slider, having the the fluid head, having the the gimbal, um, all these things. Yeah, technically, in an ideal situation, it's nice to have the options, right? But the amount of times that I've brought my gear out and not even bothered using any of it is crazy. Um, one guy just told me he was going to, I don't know, wherever his family was, Massachusetts, let's say, Minnesota, something like that. And it was going to be a family um, reunion. People that haven't seen, family members that haven't seen each other in years. So he was like, yo, I want to make a documentary about that. You know, he had, he's a black man and his family um, had all sorts of history. Uh, from like slavery days and all this kind of crazy shit he was telling me about. So he's like, it's just going to be nice to be around these people that got to meet people. Or were the son of someone that went through some shit throughout time or whatever it was. So he's like, I just want to be able to document it. And, you know, just for my own family and all this stuff. So I'm here to buy a gimbal. And I'm like, well, when are you going? He's like, oh, Thursday or some shit like this. This was a few days ago. So Thursday would be what, tomorrow? Yep. And uh, I'm like, well, why do you feel you need that? And he was like, well, you know, like the way it makes the camera look like it's floating and blah, 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 blah. And I said, honestly, man, I fear that I fear that you may not be able to master that thing properly. Right. To use it to its full ability. Right. And I said, can I just show you how this thing works? And he was like, yeah, that, that'd be great. And the reason I did this because I want I didn't want to I didn't want to discourage him, but I wanted to show him like, yo, if you want to just be ready by Thursday, let me just show you how this works, so you yourself can decide if you think you're gonna have enough time to understand how this works. Word, because the first thing that gets people is balancing the camera, and the minute I was like, well, look, you put the plate on, blah blah blah, show them this is the lens thing, blah blah, mounted it. And I started showing him, like, you got to find a center of gravity in each access point, whatever it is. And I'm just kind of, you know, you got to mess with it. So he's like, oh, man, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I got to balance it here first. Once you do it here, you got to do it over here. And once you do all three, you got to go back and micro adjust it, and then it'll be ready. He said, well, how long does this take you? I'm like, it's probably going to take me about five minutes, realistically. When I first started, it, I was maybe like 20 minutes yeah. fighting this thing. But about five minutes, I could say I get it on the money. For him, five minutes felt like 9,000 years because I'm trying to explain it to him, so it's kind of slowing it down, you know? Point is, after I was done, I turned it on, and I said, here. He grabbed it, and the first thing he was like, oh, this literally goes, this motherfucker's heavy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. First thing everyone should know is that that motherfucker is heavy. Then I try to explain to him how the motion of it goes, and he's just like, oh, I like to shoot low to the ground. I'm told him suitcase mode, all that stuff. But um, we were hitting record, and, and I, was show, I was basically showing him 
based on what he owned camera um um wise and was basically just breaking him down and i said you think you you got this by thursday and he was like I don't know, man. I don't know if I feel comfortable. I was like, exactly. <laughs> I said, what I'm telling you is, is not, I'm not telling, what I broke down to him is I'm not telling you not to buy it. But if you're buying it for Thursday, realistically, you might not be kicking ass by Thursday. No. But if you, if you were going two weeks from now, you'd probably be crushing shit. So you could buy it now and know that you could bring it with you, but you might not get the best work out of it. And that's just me being nice, right? And then I said to him, I said, can I give you a suggestion? And he's like, yeah, please. I said, buy this monopod. It's $149. Pivots at the bottom, locks in like a tripod, has a built-in fluid head on the neck of it, which is banging. So you can do like swooping shots and still be turning yeah. the fluid head on the neck. And since it pivots, if you have a basic, um, you call it a ball head or something like that, you just put it on there ever so slightly, and you could just do these crazy-ass motions with that. So put an SD card in there, set it all up, press record, <clears throat> started showing him how it works. I was like, you try it. He started doing it. He was like, yeah, this is looking right. I'm like, yo, it's 149 bucks. And I said to him, the reason I'm telling you to make this purchase over the gimbal is, from my experience with shooting video, you're probably going to use that monopod with that fluid head 10 times more than you're going to use that that gimbal. That's just an all fair. It's going to be more comfortable. You're going to get really professional looking shots. You're going to get dramatic ass pans and shit for 149 bucks. And dude was like, yo, you sold like you're the man. <laughs> and I was like, yo, you can always come back for the gimbal because if you really love this stuff, you're going to need all of it. Yeah. But at the moment, what would suit you to make your documentary better than you imagine it based on what you own? Probably that and that something where it's gonna have a fucking low learn curve. Exactly. I mean, yo, he was crushing it right then. And yeah. I, oh shit, I, I put the I put the SD card in it, so we were actually reviewing our videos. That's why I was showing him the the footage of the Ronin and him using it, and he, you know, kind of show him like he like you you can't help but be amazed by it. But when you realize, all right, so this big heavy thing just changed how I shoot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Focusing and all of that. So Yeah, because now things are going to be out in front of you. So you really can't see that screen on the back and shit and like that. And the weight. Exactly. And the weight. You're doing a documentary. Someone's talking for 10 <clears throat> minutes. You're sitting there with this gimbal like this for 10 minutes. That's exhausting. No, your arm's going to be I'd dead. I'd rather just be like, boop. You know, yo, I'll throw it out there, everyone. If you go on eBay, let me see if it's still up. Because this was one of the best things I ever bought, and it was crazy cheap. Uh, hold on. What, that rifle stock thing? Yeah. That yeah. That's Bro. actually pretty dope, yeah. I paid like 35 bucks for that. It weighed three point something ounces. It gives you a handle so you can hold the camera on the bottom. And I mean, you're supposed to kind of stock uh, a gun stock in it. Yeah, it's like a stock. So yeah, you put it next but to your shoulder. I never used it like that. What I did is I laid it the the length of it i would lay across my forearm and instead of putting the stock into my shoulder i would put it into this pit right here and just tuck it right like this so the camera would sit across my forearm i would have that touch point my my hand under on the on the handle the shoulder my arm as the back end of it and then my right hand on the camera so i was getting crazy stable shots now i'm going to front a few people had asked me 
um, that I do certain shots on a tripod. And this is when shit was shaky. Um, um, at the time, the 6D, that didn't have any image stabilization no. on that shit at all. And I was shooting a prime, so that didn't <clears> have stabilization. Yeah. But I guess based on how those cameras looked or whatever it was, uh, someone had brought it to my attention. And I was like, nah, I'm just using this to take an exhale and just do these little slow <laughs> pans like that. If you're doing slow motion, you're slowing that down, you kind of lose <clears throat> all the, you know, it looks smooth. So it was just funny. But that was one of the best things. Let me see if that thing is still up. Uh, nylon, was it? Uh, this thing was sick. Uh, come on, baby. They probably don't have it anymore. That I bought that years ago. I know the name of it. I could probably find it through the name, but I don't know it off the top of my head. Anyway, I bought it on eBay. It was $35. Um, and that thing is fantastic. Another thing I point out to people is you can buy an 18-inch rail, probably nowadays, let's see, probably for like 45 bucks. Really? Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, what is it? Um, see, look, you got a 48-inch for $60 on eBay. Let me see what else. I've seen them even cheaper. 33-inch carbon fiber dolly from GVM for 22 smacks. Hmm. There's just you know they it's just if it's motorized, um, it's worth it. But they get pricey. Like look, there's a motorized one on here for two hundred fifty. No, bucks. yeah. Once you put on the motor and the belts and everything, that could yeah, the price. And is it be- is fantastic, man. But what I <laughs> learned about rails is so I never. I think mine's is a eighteen inch rail or something like that. What I learned about them was is that you don't need that shit to be. I mean, unless you're doing something crazy dramatic or you're, you're zooming into a product or some shit. Nine out of ten times, you use a slider shot, man. That slider shot's maybe a couple seconds, you know, yeah. in, in whatever you're chopping up, you know. Unless it's like a movie scene or something. But in a music video or like some quick shit for YouTube, those sliders, you'll never you'll never use that whole 18 inches for your for your actual clip, you know what I mean? No, word. Hell It'll yeah. be like you, you like four or five inches of slider time and then cut, you know? So I think getting 12, even um, uh, 18 inch rail for crazy cheap nowadays. If you, if you're a filmmaker, buy that shit, you know, um, look, boom, there's one on here right now for 20 smacks. Oh, I'm sorry. Buy it now. 28 bucks. Banging. There's even an Edelchrome in here. That's fucking, those dudes are expensive yo but have you seen their products bro yeah they're beefy they're they're legit bro and they um they don't i don't think they sell everything privately still they do yeah you can't buy you gotta buy it from them no uh bnh sells edelchrome where yeah oh well that's i mean it figures but yeah edelchrome is dope um edelchrome i said chrome yeah, like, B&H sells that stuff. Yeah, that's because stuff I know is fantastic, I saw man. They just debuted. They just Elder Chrome, Elder Chrome. They just debuted something, probably like maybe three or four weeks ago. Something new that they're coming out with, and it was on B&H did their review thing on YouTube. 
Yeah, they're they're really <clears throat> like awesome, innovative, cool shit. Like they have this little mini slider. Isn't that a little mini slider? Yeah, yeah. It's like breaks down to about that big. I don't know what that is. What's like six, seven inches or yeah. so. Um, and the, <clears throat> these things slide uh, mechanically, and uh, as they slide left and right, the 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 rod on the bottom slides over. Which gives it extra slide. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's yeah. so crazy. When I saw that, I was like, "Damn!" Yeah, but it so was it literally turned, it turns a six-inch thing into technically a twelve-inch rail. So, or I think it's even an eighteen. Really? Yeah, because it slides to the right, and then it goes. Oh, center, you're, you're and right. Yeah, yeah, over. exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. So um, yeah, that thing is sick. They had a lot of cool things, man. One of the, another thing that I liked from them that they had is they did that weird um, uh, tripod head. Oh, that one that. Fold it out and yeah. then yeah 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 and yeah, then yeah, it so even that. flipped that thing on its side and, yes. and allowed you to do that. But yeah. it was technically like having uh, a ball head on like a like a fluid head. Yep. Some sh- I, I guess that makes sense. But yeah, when I saw that, I was like, damn, these dudes are like out the box with it. But uh, yeah, point being is, is when when I talk to people and it amazes me how many people get into photo and video and think that in order to start you got to just dump a bunch of money into it right and um all right best way i could put it my good friend martin god rest your soul my man he was the man he was a drummer he didn't know dick about drums he just knew he wanted to be in a rock band and uh hand to god this kid bought a drum kit Symbols and all, I don't know, a few hundred dollars back then. I was, he was probably like 16, 15. I was maybe like 17 or some shit like that. And um, instead of setting up his drum set and just making a bunch of noise, what this kid did was is he started with a snare drum and just literally sat there every single day for like a whole week until he just was killing rolls. Just natural right and you go to his house and bring your bass over and be like yo what's up we're gonna rock and be like yeah let's go <laughs> and you'd be like what and you'd be like yeah <laughs> I'm like where the hell's the rest of your drum set asshole right <laughs> and he's just like no let's just jam I'm just gonna play the, the snare alright whatever and start playing some bass messing around like a high school kid you know and um he would just kind of just start hitting these cool rolls and stuff. After a while, it was just fun. We were just sitting around bugging out. Time goes by. You know, like, I don't know, two months go by, two and a half months or something. It's the, this was towards the end of the school season, so this is the beginning of the summer. And finally, you know, we're like, yo, what's up? We're like, yeah, come by the crib and shit, blah, blah. I told me and a couple other friends to bring their guitars. We all brought our amps over, set up in his basement. And by the time we, uh, by that time I went back that time, he had the whole drum set set up. But when I tell you my, all right, so my boy Rob is also, he, from day one, he was a natural guitar player. He plays every instrument now. Well, mostly a lot of instruments. But, um. <laughs> From, I know I know him from third grade. By the time he was like, I don't know, let's say eighth grade, he was already playing. And I'm talking about doing covers of like fucking ACDC and shit like that. Yeah. Like fluidly. Um, fluidly. And um, 
point being is we go down to Martin's basement. We go, we set our amps and shit up, and he's like, and when I tell you this kid was killing shit, <laughs> I mean like killing it, like real, <clears throat> like we were just playing along with him, and we're like, oh shit, like. We gotta start a band. <laughs> drummer's the heartbeat of all this shit, right? You find a good drummer, you gotta if you like playing music, like yo, you gotta be friends now. Like you're the beater, everything, right? And yo, he he destroyed it. Then my boy Rob, like I said, was real nice with guitars. He started playing like Nirvana riffs or whatever it was, and dude was playing these songs like all the roles, like everything, right? So. uh Played a few songs, jammed out for like a good 30 minutes, and then we all stopped and we're like, yo, what the, f how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> he didn't know nothing about drums, yo. I could, I, a bunch of bunch of us will say that, you know. He didn't know shit about, well, he listened to music, but he wasn't a musician. So finally we're like, yo, how the fuck did you get that good that fast? He was like, every week he would set up another part of the drum kit. So he'd spend, he'd get home from school, fucking start then he would like let's just say put a kick drum start rocking the kick drum with the snare you know making noise with that add a hi-hat and that's what he kept doing and just so he can learn what each piece was and how it all works together and that's how I feel about the whole, the whole conversation we were just having. You know what I'm no, saying? Oh yeah, you build up to it. Yeah, exactly. Like you, and you, you keep you, adding every piece that you can use to yeah, your advantage. Exactly. But no matter what, you know you're building towards a drum set. Exactly. So sometimes, if you ask me, and you're like, "Hey, oh, so um, you go, you can only pick two parts of a drum set that you can use for the next five months," I'm gonna be like, "Yeah, no doubt. Give me that kick and give me the snare." And I got beats, right? I got beats right then and there. <laughs> so it's just like, I'm not going to say, all right, well, give me the time and uh, I'll take that uh, that hi-hat stand. No symbols, please. You know what I mean? Like, you want to make these mistakes because you know there's a time to get them. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. when I tell people, like, if you just got a camera, right, you want to learn how to do video, should you buy the gimbal right away? I wouldn't say so. You just distracted the shit out of yourself. You trying to learn these two things simultaneously, you're going to be hitting walls left and right. Yep. It's just all this information that it, you don't know how it all applies yet, right? You bought a camera with sensor stabilization. You bought a, a, a Ronin, right? You're going to shoot the camera. Should you shut off the image stabilization inside the sensor now that you have stabilization as a handle? I would say so. A lot of people won't do that. And they're sitting there fighting each other, you know? Yeah. So um, just little things that, I don't know, I, I've applied throughout time. It's just like, yo, buy the things you need, but be smart about it. If you say, yo, I'm going to come in here, I'm doing video, I'm thinking about getting a real basic tripod with maybe like a the most basic fluid head. I'd be like, that's a really good start right then and there. If someone says that, like, yeah, I'll you should definitely do that. Because you just gave yourself some stabilization. You gave yourself some really nice pans. And it's pretty much affordable. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to tell you that's a bad buy. Like, yeah, do that, you know? Yeah. But if you say, like I said, you come in there and you're like, I just, I'm buying this camera and now I'm going to buy this gimbal. Or like, or should I get the drone? I'm like, yo, you're all over the place. You need to chill. <laughs> and the only reason I do that is because it's like, yo, there's so many other things you could buy right now. Like I said, if you go buy yourself a handheld stabilizer, I paid 35 bucks for mine. 
and a slider, let's say you spend anywhere from 25 to 60 bucks, you just fucking took your production value through the roof, out the gate, and the learning curve doesn't even exist, you just learn how to use it right then and there, that's that simple, Word. and you just upgraded your whole shit, um, and just little things like that, like, if anybody's listening that uh, is having a hard time making your first purchase, just consider everything that I just said. It's that is it, I just feel like it's really it, you can make it really simple for yourself. That's it. Just simplify it. Just yeah. sim- bring it to the simplest thing that you want to do, and then you just branch off and yeah. work from there. And, and especially if you're just starting. Yep. Don't go by the guy on YouTube. Don't go by your boy that shoots professionally, right? He already decided that he loves this shit. That's yeah. why he has all that stuff. Exactly. Right. You don't know if you're going to love this shit. And that's the thing. Like, that's the crazy part. You know, when I see people come in with like a D850 and they got lenses and every one of their pictures is shot in auto. I'm just like, oh, that just hurts me, man. Because I'm like, pictures look dope. A lot of them look nice, you know. You can't deny the auto features in, in any Nikon, right? But if you shot that motherfucker manual and you took control of every little detail of what you want to see in that photo, you'd be, you'd be using that. Yo, because I will say, man, and I just had this conversation with a customer either yesterday or today. Um, D850 is undeniably, in my opinion, probably one of the illest DSLRs ever made in history, man. That That's a fact. Like It is. I picked that camera up and I'm like, yeah, I love this thing. Like that camera is dope. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I'm trying to say. So, so all the listeners out there, just be smart in your purchases. Be wise. This is an expensive world. Very um, expensive. Yeah, you might go out and buy a D850 with a with an 85, 1.4, and a week later decide, I think I just want to do point and shoot film. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you're like, fuck, I got to sell this thing. I mean, you could sell it and still buy a shitload of film and stuff like that. But yeah, still, but you're asked out because you're losing at least 30, 35% of what you just, yeah, what exactly. you just spent so on So it's just like, yo, everyone mm-hmm. out there, if you're starting off, I'm not telling you to, buy, to not buy an expensive camera. Just go by what your pocket can afford. Be realistic with what you can purchase as far as what you can afford. Uh, figure out what you love about photography or video and then go after all the things you need to make that uh you know whatever vision you have in your head come to life hell yeah and uh that being said we're gonna sign this bitch out sounds like a plan brother this has been another episode of the light shed with your boys syringe and bands money malone peace and we out peace That was Mandy, by the way.